0: From Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Von Warnke, outdoor writer, speaker, author, videographer, blogger, and podcaster. And I'm so excited that you took the opportunity to download our show or stream it online, however you are listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really excited about today's show because we're going to be talking about bobcat hunting. And I know this show in the starting stages has kind of been hunting heavy. I promise for those of you guys that are into fishing, we're going to have a fishing guest on should be for the next podcast, maybe the one after that. But we're going to have a uh, fishing um, segment come up soon. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Today we're going to talk about bobcat hunting, which is kind of different than coyote hunting in a lot of ways. So this is going to be an educational podcast. It certainly was for me when I did this interview with Prowler Bill Henson from the Mac and Prowler TV show, a show that I'm pretty heavily involved in. And um, I'm really excited about doing this podcast with him because him and I play off of each other well. We have a lot of fun together on the phone Um, we've really only seen each other in person probably five or six times, I guess, over the last, I guess it's been four or five years that I've been involved with the Mac and Prowler guys, but, um, you know, they, they've kind of helped me through the industry with my writing and, um, all the other things that I'm involved in. And if you live in Texas or around Texas, I'm getting ready to put up a blog post about this here in July. I have two articles in Texas fishing game magazine one of them is about bargain hunting and finding alternatives for expensive hunting land. And then I have another one about bow fishing for tilapia called Hunting the Water Ghost, which is kind of a cool article. So if you still can get a hold of the July issue, you can check out those uh, articles or you can find them on digital editions um, for July 2015 when I recorded this podcast. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Bill Henson. Good morning, Bill. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Dustin. How are you doing? Oh, doing wonderful. I'm excited about uh, our little podcast today. Yeah, it's
1: going to be rather neat. We're talking about bobcats today, correct? Correct. Well, let's cover a little bit of the bobcat history to start with. Basically, bobcats go all the way back to prehistoric times and millions of years ago and all this kind of stuff. And We can cover how they've changed over the eons of time, but let's just stick to today's technology and today's uh, bobcat yeah right. uh, uh, the Bobcat is a member of feline family, and they're well, anybody wants to know Latin, I don't know, but uh they're lynx rufus. is what a bobcat is didn't know that uh, yep uh they're part of the lynx family now a bobcat is different from a lynx in a couple of different ways for sure, but one is definitely the size. a bobcat is a it's a mammal it's carnivorous in other words it it eats uh Neat, and they're really abundant in North America. They the range in they range in most states in North America, they except for Alaska. And the bobcat will go up into the southeastern edge of Canada, all the way down to the desert area of uh, Mexico. Right. Just just portions of it. But the further south you go, the smaller they get. And, and there's there's 12 recognized subspecies of the bobcat family. Usually, uh, they have their own territory, and males are tolerant of other males overlapping territory. They, they don't; they won't really fight each other over that. But females is a different story. The female bobcat will will run off another female if they overlap the territory. Two or more females may actually reside in a male's territory because the male's territory is a lot larger than the females, generally speaking. Right. And they, they breed once a year and usually in the spring and gestation periods about twenty days. And uh but of the twelve recognized species, which we don't need to get into all that, but um basically what they are is, uh, is something that will eat your dogs and your cats and your goats and your pigs and your calves and even full grown deer.
0: So for a little animal uh, they're they're pretty pretty vicious animals, aren't they?
1: Yes, extremely vicious and extremely strong. Now, the bobcat gets its name derives from its short tail, which is the bob, and it's it's four to six inches long, depending on how old the bobcat is and how big it actually gets. Up north, they'll get up to uh, 49, 50 pounds, uh, I think the world record, Bobcat actually weighed 49 pounds, but there's been several reports of them reaching up to 60 pounds. Wow. But in, in our area in the south, in Texas and in New Mexico and Colorado, Colorado has a lot of bobcats and a lot of lynx combined. And, but they're short-legged hmm. and they're not like our bobcats here. And here the, the bobcat is, uh, its back legs are actually longer and taller than the front legs. An adult bobcat will stand between 18 to 49 inches tall. That shows you how much difference there is between the south and the north. Right. Uh, now, the biggest bobcat that we've actually killed down here, uh, my son actually killed it. It was 39 inches tall, and it weighed 39 pounds. And that's that's a rare bobcat for this part of the country. And uh, rather large for, for around here. We've got lots of bobcats where we live. Uh, I think we, I think last year we got 55 or 57 bobcats. Uh, we don't have, in this area that I'm in, we don't have very many fox. And, uh, a bobcat competes with the fox and the weasel and the mink and the coyote for food. And mainly, uh, bobcats like birds. They'll eat insects, chickens, geese. Anything that's a bird variety, they'll 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 attack it first. But they, I also eat uh, rodents all the way up to whitetail deer.
0: Wow! And yes, I said whitetail deer. I was going to uh, check your math there, but yeah, you're right. You did say whitetail deer.
1: Yeah, I have seen firsthand the results of them taking down a full-grown doe, and that's their their prey actually depicts. The territory that they, that they manage, in other words, that they run in. You know, a, a large, a large male or an adult male bobcat's range can be 40 miles. Wow. Especially in the wintertime. Summertime far. is not so much because they don't have to travel as far. But a female is just the opposite. In the summertime, her, her range will, will, will extend out to 20, 25 miles. And, but generally they're going to stay in a 10 mile radius of their home cave or wherever their lair is. This, this helps when you're hunting them to know that, uh, you know, you take a bobcat out of an area and what you've just done is you, you've opened up that area for another bobcat to move in.
0: So they're very territorial. Uh, very
1: territorial. Uh, we have some places around here that you'll see four or five bobcats in it. But what it will be, it will be a male, an adult male, an adult female, and their kittens that they haven't run off yet. Huh. Uh, I've seen three grown bobcats in one place once in my life. And we killed two of them. They were both males. I have no idea what the third one was. And I've seen this happen several times. We've had a, when we're hunting, you, you hunt a bobcat a little bit different than you do a coyote, but the bobcat will come in and just sit and look the most that this is a thing that very few people understand about a bobcat. The most useless thing on a bobcat is his nose. He does not use it for hunting. He uses his eyes and his ears. So a bobcat will come in to your call and he'll find a bush and he'll set up by this bush and he's to like, sit there for an hour. Just looking over everything. And we've had coyotes come in while a bobcat was sitting there. And the bobcat sees the coyote. He turns and goes the other way. And we did have a bobcat make a kill one time. And coyotes come in on him. And he left the kill and run up a tree. That is a rule. They won't normally fight to keep their meals but now if they're hungry. There's always exceptions to the rule. Sure. If they're hungry, they'll fight off a whole pack of coats if they need to. Wow. But I've seen coyotes, um, uh be on a kill and, and have two or three raccoons come in on them, which we call coons. And, uh, you know, the fight will be on. He'll he'll run at the coons, and the coons are running him, and he'll run off. He'll come back and they'll chase one another around for a little bit. Eventually he'll pick up the kill if he if he's strong if it's small enough kill, and he'll take it and run off with it um, if he's if there's raccoons around, he won't run up the tree. Bobcats are extremely territorial, and right now the biggest detriment to bobcats is extensively humans
0: right landscape development would you figure that absolutely just like that it is, is with deer, just like it is with yep. deer and other wildlife right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and they're being they're being pushed further and further and further away from um, human existence. Though I did see one in downtown Texas setting sitting on a garbage can one time. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, well, it, it, actually, it was about a quarter of a mile from my studio, and uh, it was uh, the the bank there has got a, uh, a, a fenced in area. They got a wooden fence around where they take their garbage cans and things like that and they're out of sight and this bobcat was sitting right on top of that fence and it's about a seven or eight foot tall fence. Bobcats are able to survive for long periods of time without food but when they do make a kill they'll gorge themselves heavily. Wow. And during the laying times it's often uh, that's when they will start preying on bigger animals like you know deer and geese. A goose is a is a formal adversary for most critters, except for a bobcat.
0: Interesting. Not even yeah. a coyote.
1: Uh, well, coyotes, if there's more than one, can take a goose down, and they will. But generally speaking, one on one, a goose will you'll plot a coyote with his wings, and the uh, coyote will eventually go away because it hurts. And you know they they think right off the bat, well, I'm going to get I'm going to get hurt trying to get this prey. Now this this is just my thoughts, okay. I have no proof of what they're thinking. But I know that uh I have seen a goose fend off a coyote before. Wow. I also saw a bobcat take a goose and when a goose tries now this is one that can't fly. But when he flaps his wings at the at the bobcat and he makes that flap, the bobcat will pounce and he'll grab the goose by the neck and it's it's dead instantly. And snap the neck real real quick. They prefer animals weighing between one and twelve pounds, and they can prey on pigs, goats, sheep. As a matter of fact, I have a uh, a client right now that has called me. He's got sixty five sheep, and he's, he lost five, so uh, he had seventy. He's down to sixty five now, and he he said, "I got bo- I've got uh, cows. I got a cow problem. They're killing my my sheep." We go out there and three nights we haven't seen anything. Then I went out there in the middle of the day. I mean, like twelve noon, just because it's right down the road from my church. And we got out of church and I went down there. And what did I see? I saw three coyotes out there. They were about three hundred yards, and well actually there was four coyotes. I shot and killed three of them. Uh, the next we went out that night hoping that we was gonna call in some more coats. What do we call in? Three bobcats.
0: Wow. And uh, they were kinda of running in like a pack. Well,
1: they were all running together. I think it was a female and two cubs. And of course the cubs were almost grown. They were about the same size as the uh the adult. And that is normal for a coat to have two kittens at a time. Uh, sometimes they have one, sometimes they have three or four, but generally speaking, depending on the food, uh, that's available, they'll have two kittens. And, uh, but in this part of the country, the coyote eat, uh, rodents and cottontail rabbits. Up north, they, their favorite food is the snowshoe hare. And what they'll do, they'll, they'll lay a lie in wait. By trail or where they know one is, and they'll try to sneak up on it. And when they get within fifteen feet of it, they'll they'll hunker down and sit and wait for the uh, hare, the uh, the rabbit <laughs> to make a move. And once it makes a move, then it will pounce. It would it will leap fifteen feet and tackle their prey. Wow! And what they do is they slap it with their paws first, and that's what they're doing is they're knocking it unconscious. Lots of times they miss, but the second thing they do is they sink the teeth into the neck, the throat, uh, head, or chest cavity. And that's the way that they do their hunting. And they do the same thing for larger animals. And a larger animal is like a goose or or even jackrabbits. And I've seen them attack jackrabbits from 35 feet away, and it's just... Bang and they're they're on top of them immediately. Now deer, uh, especially young deer, pigs, and they'll even eat other carnivores such as fox and minks and skunks. Uh, domesticated dogs and cats, uh, they're 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 not particular when they get hungry. They'll they're like a coyote; they'll eat anything. Interesting. And a coyote is more. I guess they will they grasshoppers and everything else, and I'm assuming, I've never seen it, but I've been told that uh, bobcats will eat crickets and grasshoppers and things like that. I- I've never seen that myself, personally, but I've had some very good friends that claim that they've seen them catching grasshoppers out in the field. I do know that they eat skunks and minks and things like that, and what the difference between what a bobcat will do with their Prey is they gorge themselves and they eat a lot and then they cover it up with leaves or snow or whatever's available and come back and eat on it later on. A coyote will not do that. And that's how you can tell if you've got a coyote or a bobcat in, in your in your area if you walk up on a kill, If it's been covered up with leaves and things like that, well, that's, that's a bobcat. And you see where they scratched in the soil or the snow or whatever to cover up their kill. And no, it's the only animal that does that. I mean, a a big cat like a mountain lion or something, they do the same thing. I've got another client that said that he's got a bobcat problem, and they're killing his calves. He's lost three calves in the last month. So we go out there, and uh, we inspect the area, and we find two of the kills, and they're not covered up. And I told him, if you don't have a bobcat problem, you have got a coyote problem. He said, well, I don't see any cows. I hear them, but I don't see them. But I have seen a bunch of bobcats. He said, there would be one come across here every morning. And they'd come across there every morning except for the two mornings that I was there. <laughs> you know, a, a bobcat marks his territory with feces, urine, and scratches. And... I uh, uh, <laughs> mac has a saying he said a bobcat will will walk 20 miles to go take crap on a log
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny wow so what's the do you want to get into kind of hunting bobcats and what's the best tactic to uh to approach that
1: uh yeah you hunt coyotes differently than you do bobcats generally speaking now the rule is, if you're going to hunt for bobcats, you're going to sit there for an hour at least. Because what a bobcat will do, he'll come up and survey the area, and he'll he'll watch it for anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour before he decides to come in. There's always exceptions to these rules, as we have turned the call on and had a bobcat come straight into us and that's in two minutes. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Mike Stobel. Doc, he uh, he shot one about six feet from the end of his gun barrel, and we had been sitting there five minutes. And uh, but the cat was—he was hungry. You could tell he was thin. He was hungry. He was ready to eat. That's not the general rule, but the general rule is that a bobcat will pull up and he's going to sit there. He's not going to sniff the air or anything else. Because so that bobcat that came in so close to us on that particular setup was straight downwind from us.
0: Huh.
1: And I mean, he walked in downwind, looking at the critter, the mojo critter that we had out there spinning, and uh listened to the sound that was coming from it, and walked right up to us okay. and I mean he like uh doc didn't even have to raise his gun. he just might take out and pull the trigger that's how close he was
0: wow, that is close,
1: but generally, you're going to use like bird sounds It's real good for for bobcats, mice. Rodents of any kind, they will come into just about anything that you use. But if you use a coyote howl or, or a puff in distress or any of those kind of things, uh, generally speaking, and I said generally because there's always exceptions to these rules. I've already been caught on one thing when I said it like that, but generally speaking, they're not going to come around a coyote. Uh, they're not going to come around a full grown pig. They will take babies and you know, young piglets anytime they can get they get a chance to do so. Hmm. They strictly hunt by stealth. So what he does, he'll come in, he'll sit, and Mac and I just we just filmed a um, a hunt with bobcat here not too long ago, and we we'll walked up to a place and Mac said, "Man, this looks like kitty territory," and so we sit down, set up calls, sit down. We're sitting there five minutes, and he goes, there's a bobcat under the fence over there. He's sitting there. You see him? You got him? Got him? Yeah, yeah, I got him. And what he was doing, he was just sitting down looking at our motion decoy out there. And it's the Mojo Cruiser's what we're using, and we can turn it off and on and, and make it spin anytime we get ready. But that's all he was doing. He was just sitting there watching that. When he said when I told him yeah, I got him on camera, well he raised his shotgun up, the cat looked right at us. Well it's too late then. Bang, he pulled the trigger and that cat jumped six, seven foot in the air. Took off running. He was probably running at Mach one at that time.
0: <laughs> Pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Well Mac pulled down on him for a second shot, pulled the trigger and shot about two or three feet behind him. The cat turned back to where he was coming from and Mac rolled him up with the third shot but he kept on going. And uh we go down there and we wait, uh, fifteen minutes. Go down there and go to the fence where he went under the fence, didn't find any blood, did find scratch marks, but that was about it. Crossed the fence, walked over and Mac picked out the thickest bar thing he saw. There was two or three of them there that was huge. He just picked out the biggest ones today. HP. It'll probably be in here. And I stayed outside because I wasn't going to get cut up by all the briars and stuff. And
0: uh, right. <laughs> he said, here
1: he is. He come walking out with him. About a 20-pound 20, 20 male. So is they,
0: that they on video,
1: Bill? Yeah, we have all of that on video.
0: Because it's on the Mac and website. I think I've seen this video, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now,
1: Bobcat can see about, according to research. Now, I don't know where this came from, but I've been told that a bobcat can see 10 times better than a man. It can hear a mouse squeak from 30 to 50 yards away, and I can't even hear a mouse squeak, so (laughs) right. it has a very keen nose, but they very seldom use it during hunting. Very seldom. They use their eyes and their ears, and that's the reason that wind is not important. When you're hunting bobcats, to to us, that's what we found. Yeah, because the bobcat that Mac actually shot that you saw the video of, he right. was down from us also. Wind's blowing straight from us to him. And a bobcat. There's two things about a bobcat that I, I like to tell people when they ask me about them. One is the nose is useless, and they have the patience of an oyster.
0: Interesting. Because what he'll do, once he decides
1: to stalk in, we've got this on film too, one stalking in about a 100 yards or so, he moves from cover to cover. In other words, he'll sneak in from one bush to another bush, and he'll sit there for a while, and he'll sit and watch and look. Then he'll move to the next bush, and he'll stop, and he'll look, and he'll listen. On this particular video, though, the uh we did not have the tail screwed onto the uh, decoy the motion decoy tight enough, and actually vibrated off. And the cat was probably about thirty-five feet away. Whenever it goes clink, 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 Well, when it did that, he was out of there. Once everything, once he's sure that everything is okay, he's going to slip from cover to cover until he reaches his de- what he considers his destination, and that's usually between fifteen and thirty-five feet from its prey. Most of the time, if it's a rabbit or a mouse or whatever. They never know the bobcat's there, but if they ever see it, they're gone. And a bobcat will do a short burst to try to catch it. And if he can catch it, great. If he can't, then he's going to stop, walk off. He's not going to chase it forty forever. So uh, they'll pretty... chase him probably fifty to seventy-five yards, and that's it. And
0: they're pretty stealthy, obviously.
1: Well, that's how they make their living, right? <laughs> uh, and another thing that most people don't understand. Is the detriment the bobcat causes to turkeys? Really, they eat eggs, they eat turkey eggs, they eat the turkey young, and they will eat full grown turkeys. And if you can sneak up on a turkey, you're doing something.
0: <laughs>
1: that shows you how stealthy they really are.
0: Right, because turkey hunting is is a challenge in and of itself for humans that are hunting, let alone you know uh, predator animals. Yeah.
1: You know, the uh, lynx is different from a bobcat in in size and also in coloration. Uh, for instance, uh, it's mainly the tail that's different in color. And, and a bobcat will have a broken pattern going down the tail, and a lynx will have a straight black line going down the top of it. And a bobcat will have uh, speckled splotches on its chest, has a white chest with splotches on it, and a lynx does not. That's the difference. Interesting. And a bobcat can range from color from white to dark gray to light to dark brown. Uh, In the south, they have real long legs, smaller body. You go to Colorado, and they have short legs, stubby bodies, fat bodies. And up north, they have long legs and fat bodies. And their feet are a whole lot bigger. That's so they can travel on the snow, and that's where all the different species comes from.
0: Kind of adaptation, uh, right?
1: Yep. That's. I mean, that's what everybody says. I'm assuming they know what they're talking about, but it's it's a challenge to shoot a bobcat. And you want to see me and Matt get happy? You let us harvest a bobcat. It's it's a it's it's a. You back into your happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> the Snoopy so you do dance.
0: that, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, and you're using shotgun, like you talked about with Mac, or using you know two, two, three AR, or what? What are you kind of using as your weapon of choice?
1: Most of the time, if I'm bobcat hunting, I'm shooting shotgun. Okay. Most of the time, uh, usually we'll set our decoy up with thirty to fifty yards, and that's uh, with the new Remington Versa Max. And Mac has a uh, turkey special made by Remington. I wouldn't be afraid to shoot a bobcat 75 yards with that thing. <laughs> Boy, that, that that gun has a pattern that's out of the squirrel. Wow. And we started, the the shotgun that I use is the Versamax, and I started using this Fatal, uh, fatal Shot Choke from Mojo, and I really do like it. Uh, I kill more bobcats with a rifle than I have with a shotgun. But it's mainly because I shoot them when they're deer hunting. If one comes by, I'm going to shoot him. Same thing with a coyote. And same thing with a pig. And we have on video now, uh, this is something that most people don't, won't do. They'll see a bobcat in a deer stand or a coyote, and they let it go by. Well, I don't want to mess up my deer hunt. We got this on video. We got a bobcat mama and her two kittens down here playing. It's three or 400 yards away, and Matt goes, he, he always carries his call, and he squeaks three or four times. They disappear a little bit later on. Next thing you know, there's one straight in front of him, right in a briar ticket. Wow. And there's six or eight deer off to his left, uh, a couple hundred yards away. Anyway, he shoots the bobcat. We just swing the camera around, and the deer start walking toward us. A nice buck does. And he walks up to about 50 yards, and Max said, well, I'll just take him, too, and he's going to shoot him in the head, and he misses the deer. Oh, Kills no. a little bobcat, but he misses the deer. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think he really wanted to kill the deer, but that shows that um deer jump when a gun goes off sometimes, most of the time, but not all the time. And um, they're used to loud pops and sounds and stuff like that, and it doesn't seem to really bother him because I've killed uh, two, two bobcats and a cow in my deer stand and kill a deer the same day.
0: Now, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't get out of my stand and go get the bobcat or the cow. But then, I just set my stand and wait. I had one that I actually shot uh, down there on the rice farm and uh, shot the bobcat. He come walking out. And he walked right up to my stand. And I watched him, and was I couldn't move because he had me pinned where I couldn't move. And he walked around the stand, and he turned and walked straight out away from me, and I shot him. And I was shooting a bolt action at the time and worked around in there, a little safety back on, turned to my right where the bobcat had just come from, and out walks three deer, two does and a, a small buck. Well, on this particular lease, we had to shoot 36 does because we had so many deer. So I shot two of the does, and that was in less than five minutes that I had three animals on the ground. We normally hunt early morning, late evening. And a lot of people tell you bobcats are nocturnal, and they are. But uh, we've, we have killed very few bobcats after 10 o'clock at night, very few. Most of them are right at dusk and dawn.
0: Kind of like how you're hunting for deer or other big game. Dusk yep. and dawn seem to be what they prefer when they move the most, right?
1: Yep. And I'm not saying that they don't hunt during those other times. I'm just saying that we haven't killed that many.
0: <clears throat> right.
1: There's uh, so a section to the rules. When we killed one when was out there at 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think he was starving to death. Well, we got plenty of uh, footage of bobcats and coyotes on our Mac and Prada website. If you want to go view them, it would be under cattails.
0: Or bobcat uh, tails, I tail. think is what I named bobcat it. tails, yeah. yeah. T-A-L-E-S, yeah. right. Yeah, so. correct. But
1: uh, that's about it. If you've got any more questions or comments, uh, let us know. Tell, tell a friend about the podcast.
0: Yes, tell a friend we'll about the how
1: podcast. See many, how many emails we can get or texts we can get. People wanting. Are you asking questions or wanting a subject covered?
0: We love questions, and we love to cover different subjects, don't we?
1: Yep. Well, that, I'm sitting here looking at about four or five different lights sitting in front of me right now. That's probably going to be another subject that we're going to cover before long is a different light that we use. Yep. Uh, I know that um, Brad's come out with this, uh, what was that new light you are telling me about? The Warthog, the Warthog.
0: from dot uh, com.
1: Yeah. And, uh, we've got the Predator light here, Predator tactics light, excuse me. We've got the Connivore light, we've got the VRL1, which is another one of Brad's green light. Uh, and I was, I was playing with the Predator tactics lights, uh, just now, cause well, they came in last night and, uh, charged them up and then ran them back down, ran the batteries down, just turned them on, see how long they would last. And with a single battery, uh, Protocol light lasts about a little over four hours, constant running. That's good. Uh you, you have an ex, you have an extension tube that you can put on there and run two lights and it'll burn for eight hours. Yeah. Um uh, so I haven't tested that, that's just what I was told.
0: Yeah,
1: and it, it does have a focal beam just like the uh uh well, like the Warthog. And uh, anyway,
0: any yeah. questions? That's good. That's good. Really any comments? Good. We're looking for all all the comments and questions, stuff that we can get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this, Bill. We really appreciate it. Oh, man, yeah, I
1: enjoy it. I enjoy (laughs) it a lot.
0: (laughs) For sure. And we'll talk to you on one of the next podcasts in the future. All
1: right. Look forward to talking to everybody. Y'all have a great day. I know I am.
0: Well, I don't know about you, but I learned a whole lot on that podcast. Um, There's just so many different intricacies with predator hunting because so many different things can happen just like with deer hunting or fishing or any of the outdoor sports that we pursue there's just so many different things that can happen in a hunting situation uh, for predators, especially with bobcats. So those are some great stories Bill told very soon to putting this podcast out in cyberspace. I will also post an article that Bill wrote about bobcat hunting, which is even more in depth than our podcast was. And it's a great read. I just edited this article for Bill to put on the website and um, I really love it. It tells a story that Bill told, uh, about Mac and Prowler and them going out and um, and having a uh, successful bobcat hunt, and it also talks about a lot of the other intricacies with bobcat hunting and uh, some stuff you may not have known. I certainly learned a lot in this podcast for sure. So thank you so much for watching, thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for reading. To learn more about me, you can go to dustinsprojects.com or you can also visit uh, the Mac and Prowler TV show page at M A C A N D p-r-o-w-l-e-r Prowler.com. thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day in the outdoors